Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and of all sizes and shapes, welcome to Best of the Year 2021, an annual assessment of the greatness that was the previous year. My name is Ryan, and I will host what is tonight's preview show, a show that was necessary because all of the other shows were too long, and so we tried to get some work done in this episode, and in fact made this episode the longest of them all. So you... (laughs) Audience, you are welcome. Um, I will be one of your mini hosts and special guests for this. I think I can call myself a special guest right away. I, one special guest is off the docket, and it's me. Helping me out, may I introduce to you the Casio keyboard, Cassiopeia, ass grass or Cass, nobody rides for free, mm-hmm. big mouth Billy Cass. Mm-hmm. Cass rules everything around me. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill, y'all. It's Cassie. <laughs> yes, thank you. I am here. And thank you for reading all my names as this is the only way I can be addressed. Thank you so much for that. There's one name that you don't uh, like being addressed by. I heard that you just got out of prison because two people at an airport called you Jason Derulo. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you, you beat the shit out of those people. Uh, you Listen, they sang a little bit off key with it too. And that's what uh-huh. really pissed me off. So they... they they had it coming. Honestly, I told the judge this. They had it coming, and they didn't listen. So, And I heard that you have brought with you to open the show an A-list elite celebrity. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to find out who this is. Who is it? Oh, this is the one, the only. Um, have you heard of her, Caitlin McDougal? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. For her. She didn't do her vocal warm-ups before uh-huh. she came here. Okay, no. you, you promised A-list celebrity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we get, the, we get a coughing Caitlin. The Caitlin McDougal is what I have found for you today. Listen, A-list celebrities are expensive, Ryan. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Did you know this? I'm on A-list, How- so I am a celebrity. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. How much does it cost for a two and a half hour cameo from like Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> it's like at least 50 bucks and I just oh, don't okay. have it. <laughs> and Caitlin was 40, so I understand that. Yeah, she gave me a deal. Um. We're going to start by previewing. This is the show that is dropping February 3rd. Caitlin, yeah. you are hosting the 2021 mixtape. Now, we're going to kick out some albums pretty soon in a bracket of a bunch of albums that none of us have ever heard of before uh, and don't understand because they're too complicated. Was this a better year for singles than it was albums? Uh, actually, this year, I feel like I listened to more albums this year than most years. Um, so... I would say it's a, it was a great year for albums. Uh, people got their creative juices flowing in that quarantine and were like, yeah, let's pop off with some good ass music. And that's what they brought. And I listened to a lot of it. You, this is your first time hosting the mixtape. Um, what special wrinkles are you going to bring in to uh, mess with everybody? <laughs> um, I'm going to bring in lots of good wrinkles, ones that are on sheets and blankets and also skin wrinkles. You have a lot of wrinkled blankets? Yeah, I do. Because I need okay. to do laundry. That's a whole drawer for you. That's the show that's coming up uh, on February 3rd. Next week, January 27th, um, we have the Oscar draft hosted by Cassie. Caitlin, recently, you and I were on a superhero show show where Cassie hosted a draft. 
you remember how that went? <laughs> it went. <laughs> it was. It was great, Cassie. It was real good. <laughs> Did she at any point say that it's the the person's turn correctly? Um, Cassie knows what serpentine means. Yes, uh, I have a gun to my head right now, but Cassie knows what a serpentine means. Listen, nobody drafts serpentine. It's too confusing. This is it's- an outdated system, and I don't know why we still use it here. Who oh, understands shit. what serpentine means? Throw it out the uh, window. Super cool that we can get a glimpse into Cassie's argument in front of her city's council <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, Cassie, you're the host of the Oscar draft. Um, yeah. You have you famously gotten second place mm-hmm. in a draft before, uh, I believe, after choosing Detective Pikachu as one of your movies. <laughs> yeah, I was brought you, on as the pity help and I ended up taking second place. So you beat Greg <laughs> and Mike. Uh, joining us now who lost to Cassie choosing Detective Pikachu is Greg. Greg, are you there? I am here. Uh, yeah, that's. there's nothing that we do that I'm worse at than uh, the Oscar draft. I pick like movies that I like but nobody ever talked about or things that uh, like are, have no chance of getting nominated. And last year, I just got clowned. I mean, like the, I got extra picks and it didn't help. Uh <laughs> My that's only it. goal is just to have a good time, Ryan, and that's why I'm a loser. Okay, and your your terribleness makes us all have a good time. We appreciate that. I think so, yeah. I'm leaving a lot of Oscar noms out there for everybody else to scoop up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this real quick. Caitlin, name a movie that you think might get nominated from this year. Just any movie. That might get nominated for the Oscars? Yep. Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> oh, Shang-Chi. Oh, oh, okay. It's possible. <laughs> it's 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 in the slightest sense possible. Cassie, can you name a movie that might get one nomination? Detective Pikachu, the second one. <laughs> Greg, can you? Greg, your biggest movie of the year is going to yeah. clean up, right? Oh, Dune. Dune. Oh. Guys, there's a movie. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, we, you have to remember a movie like Dune because it's like. It, it's probably not going to win Best Picture, right? But it's it's what we call the loudies, all the sound stuff, um, cinematography. Like it, it's it, there's so many different areas where it could uh, potentially best score, best you know, use of so, sand. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you pick, like, like sometimes you you think of a movie like Licorice Pizza, and maybe that's going to get a bunch of nominations, but it's definitely not going to get those technical ones, and so you might not get the same like big slug of. Uh, Dune slugs, Gross of, like, pizza. you know, nominations. Um, yeah, girls, uh, you weren't paying attention to a single thing Greg said, but if you did, <laughs> <laughs> you might do better in the Oscar draft. Again, I lose every single year, so something <laughs> like there's a disconnect there. Maybe don't take my advice. That show is coming out January 27th, coming out February 17th for I think the eighth year in a row is Century of the Year. Now. We did it a little bit differently last year where we had 10 teams, something like that, compete. Um, Greg, you lost that as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, you were on multiple teams, so you lost that multiple times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Cassie and Caitlin, uh, you as well, were on multiple teams and so lost multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. allow me to introduce to you last year's winner, I believe called the Chapmen, Mike and McKenna are here on the stage. Do, do, we're here to sweep again if we're on the same team if not you're going down mike yeah (laughs) loyalty only goes as far as it doesn't go no mo that's the chapman partner (laughs) (laughs) we've been out of school for a long time yeah it's kind of embarrassing that that's still your nickname um 
So just like Greg gave Oscar draft advice, what can you tell Cassie, Caitlin, and Greg about how to win Century of the Year? Something that just nobody's ever done before. Be in be the funnier? world. <laughs> okay, so the, the two hints. Be in the world so you know what's going on and be funnier so you have some commentary about the things we have to talk about, you guys. Damn. I thought you guys were going to be modest about this, but I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> Be cripplingly addicted to 17 different news podcasts. <laughs> they were talking so much smack last year. I don't know why you would think they were going to be modest. They were like <laughs> burning us all down and then just absolutely dancing on our graves. And it worked. The most arrogant two people and <laughs> set them forth in the world. What helps? We have a private podcast called Century of the Week that we do every Saturday <laughs> night where we just do Century Club while recapping the week. Is that hosted by Paul Tompkins? Yes. And the two of us are the guests. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome show. Um, okay, so that's just the start. That's before we get to any brackets. We have the Oscar draft on January 27th, the two, uh, hosted by Cassie. The 2021 mixtape on February 3rd, hosted by Caitlin. On February 17th, we are doing the Century of the Year, hosted by me, with all five of you nutballs competing. But on February 10th, hosted by Taylor, we have the 2021 Album of the Year. Right now, we have over 16 albums contending. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, most of them are going to die. So starting last year, we took the bracket of 16 albums that the critics gave us. And we took out eight in the preview show, just so we didn't have to do 16 albums on the album show. That's fucking insane. And it takes legitimately three hours. What everyone just found out, all of my panelists on the show is that they now have the responsibility, the right, the patriotic duty to take the, one of their favorite albums of the year and replace it on the bracket. And they can do this basically carte blanche. If you cut Adele, you might hear some screaming, but it is within your right. Okay? Uh, Mike, you have the first pick. So yes. what is your off-bracket album of the year? It is Sydney Sprague's Maybe I'll See You at the End of the World. I think if you like Phoebe Bridgers, if you like Lucy Dacus, if you like Boy Genius, you're going to love Sydney Sprague. Uh, her single, I Refuse to Die, is one of the funniest two-minute of sad girl song writing about how the world is ending. Uh, and what if you just say, no, I'm not going to die just because the world is around me. And it's been in my head all year long. <laughs> I'm going to kick off one of the most forgettable albums on this list. I listened to it a bunch of times, and I could not tell you what genre of music Wolf Alice Blue Weekend is. Kick rocks, Wolf Alice. Does anybody want to explain Wolf Alice to us? I couldn't figure it out either. That was I was also ready to knock this one because it's incomprehensible. It's uh, like rock. I mean, the alternative <laughs> it's like alternative or, or rock. I don't think it's it's a terrible album. It's it's one of the least interesting albums on the, in this bracket i think i thought it was one of the most 90s albums on the bracket and you are all directly insulting me by what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> so but wolf alice is gone sprague sydney sprague might yeah sydney be on the bracket <laughs> uh, greg you're up next okay i am so shocked be that this this band was not um on the list um and their their album is definitely like my favorite album of the year and the one i've listened to more than any others it's the band is churches um and the album the name just totally eluded me but uh screen violence um and churches is like a band i've heard of 
for a long time. This is actually the first album of theirs that I've listened to. Oh, so shit. much energy. Um, it you know sort of a cinematic feel, which is obviously screen violence, like what they were going for. I listen to it again and again. For me, albums are always like, can you work out while listening to them? You can work out while listening to this album, so that's nice. When Mike, you said um, like an ultimately forgettable album. I was shocked at how forgettable I found this album, but Adele's 30, Mm -hmm. I could not connect with this album on any level. Every song bored the pants off me. I hate spoken word parts. There's one in like every single song. Uh, It just, it did nothing for me. And I don't want, like, I I don't care to listen to it much anymore. Whereas churches. Yeah. That's screen violence. That's got some hooks. I mean, Adele is the 15th seed, so it feels like everyone agrees with you, Greg, without yeah. agreeing with you. You know, like, she, is she on there just because, well, we got to write Adele. It's Adele. I mean, when, I, when her album came out, I, like, I rushed to Apple Music to listen to it, and within, like, half of one song, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most memorable track is the section where her little kid is asking if they'll still love them even once they're divorced. Yeah. It is the spoken word part you hate, Greg, is the most memorable part of this album. <laughs> Yeah, but I think churches. I think it's going to be fun. I think that this this is like a, a dark horse candidate to potentially uh, do some damage. Okay, I am up next, and I am going to I think cut something that we're not supposed to cut. Uh, we have a history on the show of basically giving it to female singer songwriters every year. Um, that's who always wins, or at least female solo artists in the case of Janelle Monae, but. Is that what self-esteem is? Does anybody remember? Self-esteem oh, I like self-esteem. is awesome. That was like this year's Dua Lipa or something. Real sex positive, real high energy. But I, weirder. I, I liked, yeah, it, it's a dash weirder. of like, it's it's alt pop for sure. All right, then what the fuck is the weather station? Yeah, exactly. That's another <laughs> one that's just like rock. Like they, like they, no, isn't they, that female singer-songwriter too? It, it, oh, I think it's it? a female-fronted band. There's a couple tracks on the weather station that are pretty cool, but... It's it's when you're listening to an album and then in the middle of it you go oh that was a good one that's not a good sign. <laughs> um, okay, so I will take out the weather station because people complain for yes. two seconds and that's more than what I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a strong man. <laughs> I'm like the Ross Geller of our generation, <laughs> uh, and I am going to pick an artist who uh, and w- this it has to be recorded and released. In 2021, it's got to be newly recorded music. I'm going to pick an artist who looked Scooter Braun directly in the eyes and said, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Taylor Swift's red. Taylor's version is going on the bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I think you upset both McKenna and I, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) When you came came in (laughs) with (laughs) Tay-Tay. Because you guys hate her? No, she belongs no. on this bracket. We wanted to put her on this bracket, but I'm so glad that choice. she's here. <laughs> same, same. She was also my top choice. <laughs> well, but she did that... two Taylor's versions this year, so we she could did. put Taylor's choice <laughs> Oh, we can double down on the Taylor? <laughs> Interesting. Oh, Taylor, oh, the bracket. <laughs> uh, so that's why I picked Cassie. You're up next. Wow. Um, you know, oh, and if Cassie takes off red yeah. right now, <laughs> you two can get it back on the bracket. <laughs> Taylor Swift has shooters out here. <laughs> They're ready to take down this bracket. <laughs> I'm here to take away everything people love, so I am going to get rid of Taylor Swift's version. And with the person that needs to be respected, if 
we pulled off Taylor's version here. I'm going to say we need to put on Faces by Back Miller, which is a re-release of his mixtape, but was never fully put out there. His mixtape was a, um, a kind of like a search and find on his website, which you had to agree to make him a virtual sandwich in order to download. <laughs> so let's respect a true artist out here. That's Mac Miller with Faces. But this mixtape was like, it's still put out there as like one of his, it's like respected in the mix of all of his songs because like this is the album where he kind of started to find his true like voice because um, he got big off of Blue Slide Park, but that's how he kind of became known as like a joke artist. And then and on Faces, he kind of let like people into the real side of him a bit more and really found his voice. And it was like all recorded with just um like kickback sessions at his house. He would just invite his friends over uh, and then have them like record this. And he just spent he was like he gave himself like a week and was like, I'm gonna put out 24, I think, songs. It's a huge fucking album. And he was like, I need this out there. And it's it still holds up. It's still excellent. So I'm throwing it out there. Does that mean we're going to get like a Mac Miller get back documentary? Mm -hmm. Eight hours of him recording this album? (laughs) Yep. And watch him just play and video games and freak out that he's not using his time correctly. <laughs> and if you don't make him a fucking sandwich, he'll know from the grave, okay? Everybody make him a sandwich. Listen to this. Well, Taylor Swift, already off the bracket, <laughs> thanks to you. That was quick. Quick turnaround there. Quick Cassie, turnaround. Cassie in a mixtape from 10 years ago. Mike, are you freaking out because of all the rules that are being broken right now? I don't know. There's, I don't know the rules, and I don't understand anything, so I'm fine with it. I think that's the way to make me cool is don't actually tell me the rules of anything. <laughs> McKenna, you are up next. All right. I'm going off of the rule that Ryan said was legal. I'm sorry, Mac Miller. Taylor Swift is going back <laughs> on the bracket. <laughs> We're putting red back there, all right? Ah, The Phoebe Bridgers little uh, collab is worth it alone. If you just need to hear that song. It wasn't, Mac Miller wasn't even put on the thing because everybody knew this would happen. Nobody typed it in. I'm over red right now. I know Caitlin's not going to take it away. I'm so fucking happy. Can we just say how passionate Cassie was about this Mac Miller album? Yeah. <laughs> the reason I had to talk about it, because we'd never get a chance. And, and McKenna was so quick to shove down Cassie. Also, <laughs> no, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, she had a whole little paragraph that she yeah. read about it. And she's like, uh-uh. She does nope. the, the Kempe Matumbo just finger <laughs> wag in her face. <laughs> Not in my house. Cassie, if you, you could have kicked off anybody else but Taylor Swift, yeah, and that would have stayed. That's fair. All right, Caitlin, you have the final choice before we get into some cutting. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm going to do something, I think, unexpected. Um, I'm going to take Sydney Sprague off. Sorry, Mike. That's pretty expected. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to give this one to Cassie and do Mac Miller. <laughs> so, I mean, it's I not have... surprising which friend you like more, but you're going to have to make it so blatant. No, I, I have Taylor Swift already on here. My girl's there. Thank you, Books. Thank you, McKenna. And now I'm helping out another friend Hell with Mac yeah. Miller and making him a sandwich. <laughs> you, that... w- you wouldn't know this, Caitlin, but that move stinks. <laughs> that move is great. <laughs> a true I, hero I, I, of I've listened to the Mac Miller album. <laughs> All right. And so with that, we have our 16 contenders uh, for album of the year. We're going to cut half of them right now. Your number one seed is Sometimes I Might Be an Introvert from Little Sims, who is a British rapper. This is her fourth album, but I think her breakthrough. Yeah, this is like the... no. You can no longer deny me. <laughs> right. Anybody, let's do it. Mike, what'd you think? It is awesome. 
Yeah. The flow is great. The vibe is all over the place. There is like the. I feel like we as a unit, not just the five of us or six of us on the show, but like as Americans, are getting more into British hip hop and mm-hmm. post. Uh, Am I going to say this correctly? Post like grime British hip hop is fucking awesome. Like everything that's come past the streets has been great. This album rules. It's going up against uh, one of the aforementioned female singer songwriters home video from Lucy Dacus. And this is like one of our better singer songwriters that we've had in a while. I'm surprised that it's so low ranked that she's so low ranked, to be honest. I listened to this album like five or six times. I was, I was really into it. This this is one of the best albums of the year. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> it's a shame because I I don't think she really stands much of a chance against Little Sims, especially with this album. But yeah, like, did she just run into a buzzsaw here? Yeah, I think that's what happened. But it, it's it makes me sad because I thought we were going to get a chance to really like talk about this and and get in depth on it. Great songs, great songs about growing up queer and and you know just ha- how weird life yeah. is in, in so many different ways, like being Christian and queer at the same time and um, trying to navigate life Question. that way. I think they call it. <laughs> Hayden Queerstensen. Okay. Uh, let's get to a vote. Cassie, Little Sims or Lucy Dacus? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Little Sims. It's number one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lucy Dacus. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think that's a vote for Little Sims, if you can't say the name. McKenna? <laughs> Uh, after hearing the description about Little Lucy Dacus, I definitely want to hear it, but I'm going to go with Little Sims. I do yeah, like that just... she called it Little Lucy Dacus, which is now Little the official Lucy name. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, I love Lucy Dacus. Go listen to Hot and Heavy, at least, but it's Little Sims. And Greg. I'm going to throw out the, the vote for Lucy Dacus. Cause the, I, I, and the reason I'm doing it is because this is, I think, my genuine favorite album of the year. And so uh, I'm going to give her the vote. But Little Sims takes it home. Your number eight seed is Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. Now, this was a controversial album because apparently she was like a very, I don't know, like a big singer in the classical sense. She had a lot of power, like a old school Mariah Carey. And this album is not that. People were not appreciative. Uh, Greg, what do you think of this one? Uh, it is a very sexual album, very funky, uh, a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think it doesn't take itself super seriously. Uh, and then she is a great singer. She's just a very, very talented. I think people, I think people were pissed because a lot of G rated people enjoyed her. And then she put this out and they were like, you can't do that to me. Uh, I have to say, while listening to the album, I was like, oh, Caitlin can't hear this. (laughs) You know, like there were a couple lines where I was like, oh, we're going to, we'll just tell her to skip this one. I mean, it's called Hotels, and like she leans into that. Yeah, like, she enjoys sex and enjoys singing about it, and does not like is not shy in any way about it. And I loved that. Um, but again, my thoughts went to Caitlin, and I was just like, "Oh, oh, Jesus, let her not hear this." <laughs> if you are hosting uh, episode, then you get the night scene automatically, Mike. And Taylor is our host, and he selected Texas by Sleigh Bells. Uh, I mean, real original. Taylor's from Texas. He'll let you know by everything mm-hmm. he picks always. And he stayed true to form here. The only thing I knew about Sleigh Bells was Real Real, which I think is from like 15 years ago at this point. Uh, this album rules. It's super fun, super poppy. I don't even like rock, light rock. What do you call it? I, I don't know what genre to throw this Kind in. of electronic. Electronic I mean, rock. Yeah. yeah. I think people will say experimental, but that 
has such a like math. Oh, I won't enjoy it. Term. Right. This is one of the most enjoyable albums of the year. Yeah, you have the beautiful mind to experiment with albums, and instead you could just groove along to this. This album, uh, one of the last ones I listened to of the year, and was surprised how great it was. Now yeah, I was it- blown away, man. This is like the, Taylor does this basically every year. Like, oh hey guys, you just maybe want to check out like one of the greatest albums like you've ever heard. I don't know. You check it out. <laughs> and like every year it works, and I was man head over heels with this one. Is a vote for Jasmine Sullivan a vote for anti-Taylor? Yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody knows that before they vote. Greg, where are we going? There are no easy matchups, but Sleigh Bells, like, I've, I'm so excited about this album. I'm excited to, at the end of the show, listen to it again. It's great for going on a walk or working out, too. Sleigh Bells all the way. How often does one of our, not that the voting is done, could go either way, but how often does one of our choices get to make the big show? Never. Like, yeah. It never fucking yeah. actually never. <laughs> Mike, where are we going? Uh, I love an album you can either like dance around and laugh with friends or grind and bump in the bedroom too. What what Jasmine pulls off here with Hotels is amazing. It has to be my vote goes to Hotels, Motels, Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna? Uh, I want to I wanna be on Taylor's side and also protect Dougal's ears, so I'm going to go with Sleigh Bells. Oh, <laughs> some blessings. She'll never grow. <laughs> You guys shelter her baby like steps this. baby steps though this is too much <laughs> honestly after listening to sleigh bells i can hear caitlin say no this is too sexual <laughs> there's a groove here and i don't like what people do when they groove <laughs> just imagine imagine caitlin like sitting at her desk at work right and there's some of the lines from hotels no you couldn't do that she would like have to hide <laughs> caitlin what is your vote oh man well it's no it's gonna be texas it is gonna be texas and cassie i gotta protect her ears she gave me mac miller i'm of course gonna vote for texas yes it's also very taylor this is gonna be taylor tailored Mm. that putting mac miller back in the bracket is gonna make cassie on her side for the rest Mm -hmm. of the show yeah (laughs) for the rest of the season all right sleigh bells takes it down our next one is Dry cleaning, which is, are we saying post-punk spoken word? It's it's. Po- I put post-punk. I, I think this is the uh, parquet courts entree. Yeah, but I mean, parquet courts is not the most mel- melodious band as far as no. singing goes. But this is this is speechifying, basically. Yeah, but we yeah. often talk about how we hate spoken word, but I think this uh, excels beyond that. She knows not how to. This it way. might be the accent. <laughs> we yeah. get lulled by the accent and also because the, like the backup band is absolutely wailing yeah just like selling out on every song and she sounds like she, when she's delivering her lines like she's forgetting that she's even on stage yes like, it, the, the, she acts like she doesn't care about what's going on and then they're, they're just like going nuts and that like sort of dichotomy there really works for the band there's a way she repeats some lines yeah where it's like she's thinking of it on the spot and i know fucking nobody does this right nobody's <laughs> little wayne that she didn't make it up in the studio but it's phenomenal and so uh, distinct i mean really like we're trying to find other bands to compare them to but like it not there's nobody else out there doing what they're doing right now that's your number four c caitlin number 13 is taylor swift red <gasps> have you heard have you heard this album i know uh, can you oh, wait hold on can you just pause for a second it's not the 13th album you know Taylor Swift's number is thirteen. Um, what is that yes, mean? I have heard. <laughs> it's her number. That's her thing. If you look, it's, you have to be a Swifty. Um, <laughs> but no, yes, I have heard this album, and I have is, listened to the ten-minute-long song that starts it off, and seen her directed short film? short film that goes along with it. Yes, I have. 
Um, is this her best album? Um, I really love this album. Um, I it's so hard for me to choose the best album from Taylor Swift because I feel like they live in like the, the like the year that they come out, and then this is a like re-release, and I feel like it lives now still. So I don't know. I love Taylor Swift, so every album really of hers is the best. <laughs> it's the best album. <laughs> All right, Cassie, dry cleaning the post punk super uh, spoken word or Taylor Swift. Listen. I respect both Dougal and Books here, but it's a re-release, <gasps> really? and there can only be yeah. one of these in the <gasps> Magnolia spot, so oh, I'm going to vote for dry cleaning. Yes. Wait, you're, you're voting against Taylor Swift because... It's Caitlin put Mac Miller in there, and there can only be one. Yeah, my mind is complicated, Ryan. Don't try to figure it out. I like this. Makes me trust Cassie and how she votes so much more. Integrity. Uh, Caitlin, dry cleaning or Taylor Swift? I actually enjoy dry cleaning a lot, but um, I am going to go with Taylor Swift because uh, um, I stay loyal to my girl. <laughs> Unlike <McKenna>. Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna, you ready? Taylor Swift oh, or yeah. uh, you know, I gotta I gotta go with my girl Swift. There were some new songs on this too, Cassie. Yes. I don't know if you know that. It's yeah. not just not an entire complete, re-release. Like, She's enough. still alive to produce new things or record <laughs> oh, things oh, in the vault. That one's shot fired at a dead man. <laughs> That's normally Mike's job, okay? <laughs> There's a virtual <laughs> shit sandwich right at the guy. <laughs> She pressed the button to download the album to click to make that shit sandwich. Mike. Oh, dry cleaning. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, I was so excited about dry cleaning. I thought there was no chance that it was going to get to move on. But here we are, dry cleaning. Woo. <laughs> okay. Um, I have the tying or the untying vote. And uh, it is TS for everyone. What? Taylor Swift will move on. Yay! What the shit? I spoke too soon. <laughs> check out check out this dry cleaning album though, everybody. New long leg. It's very good. Your next battle is Low, a band that's been around since the nineties. I just found that out recently. Yeah. I, I thought they were new. And then I saw one of those uh best album of the night of nineteen ninety five or whatever Twitter brackets. And they were on there. I was, that can't be true. Versus self esteem prioritize pleasure. How are we feeling here, folks? Uh, we talked I about love this. Yeah, Greg, very did. fun, but um, for self, you know, self esteem, prioritize pleasure. Very fun album, but I don't know. Lowe's doing something. Lowe is always on their own stuff, and uh, it's just so much more interesting. All put together, really. Here's where th- there's times where Lowe creates just the perfect, like weird, fucking cool pop rock song with all their lowness sprinkled on it but the first couple tracks are hard they're like isn't static fun and then it gets louder and louder and then the music stops but then there's static with this weird rhythmic pulsing and you want to fucking dig out your eardrums so it doesn't keep going that's low baby that is low oh fuck this man i'm of the age where i like a minute into the album i checked if my phone or airpods Uh were broken six or seven times and I loved every second of it because it was a, it was it took me away to a dreamscape. <laughs> uh, I, these bands are low self esteem. That is that is weird. nice. They move uh, on I together. don't know what else we want to say. We've got uh, this noise, but not like it is a symphony of noise. It's not uncalculated noise versus self esteem, which Mike you said was sex positive grooves. Yeah, sex positive grooves, alt pop, 
high well, energy, high energy dance it's, it's music. Dope. Yeah. How sexual it, it, can Caitlin listen to it? This is the most I think important. this is no. safer. Oh. It's alt pop. Oh. It's alt pop. It, it's it it's not as dirty as hotels, but like there are there are definitely some lines about about sex that were not Caitlin approved. <laughs> <laughs> it, it they do acknowledge that sex exists in the world. So I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's a big no from me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> right, Greg, you're up. Is it low or self esteem? I loved I, I loved self esteem, but uh, the low album just different gear for me. So I'm going to say, "Hey, what?" by Low. Mike, uh, Low does have my favorite album title of the year because it's the sound you make throughout the album <laughs> when you are checking your earbuds. Uh, but no, you I'm are going 65 to 65 years old. <laughs> I'm going to prioritize pleasure and pick what self esteem. <laughs> what can it? Uh, I'm going to go with self esteem. Caitlin. Oh man, guys, do I go? Do I go with the sexual route or do I go with my ears burning? What does she do? <laughs> um, I'm definitely going self-esteem because alt pop is what really gets me. I can't I cannot do the static, guys. I did the it's, same thing. I, I started listening to it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. The rest of the album, I do think if those first two tracks were later in the album or uh not there. But it's it's the only part you brought up just to sabotage low. <laughs> No. Low when I, when you think about the band Low, you're always like all their songs are so weird. And then when you listen to their albums, you're like actually every album has two weird songs yeah. and then the rest are kind of normalish. Not not like in a bad way, but just they're not always being as avant-garde as when we talk about them, like how we bring them up and everything. Cassie? I need my weird on here. I need Low. I'm going Low. And we are at another crux. Which means low moves on. Yeah. Self-esteem can go fuck. Podcast got low, 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 low. I do like that they covered that as the secret track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, our number 15 seed is Church's Screen Violence, which I will agree with Greg. This is probably the first album of the year, just chronologically, where it wasn't one and done with me. Like mm-hmm. This was uh, on my Spotify for like five or six plays in a row just because it is sort of perfect and all of that. I feel artistic, right? I feel like I'm yeah. doing my due diligence, but I'm also having a good time. It's going up against number two's, the number two seed, Tyler, the creator's Call Me If You Get Lost. Which well, I got lost right away. <laughs> because Did you call him? He's yeah. He's got like two different new aliases on this one. So often I was like, I am very lost. I don't exactly understand what's going on. Is this a concept album? Listening to hip hop is a lot like reading at the bottom of every page or song. Try to figure out who's the one speaking. You know, you have to get, you have to understand who is the main character here. I listened to the Sparks Note version, so he would tell you (laughs) right before the song started. Uh, I feel like with him in general, we've watched this kid grow up artistically and as a person, you know, he uses the F word a lot less than he used to. Uh, and Igor was amazing. His last album was that last year, the year before. That was two years. And two then years ago. Two years before that was Flower Boy. I would say this is the best five-year run <laughs> yeah. of any rapper of the last five years. And I feel like this is the most cohesive version of what he's been growing and in, in, like message-wise and sonically. This album, I love Chaverich's and I love Screen Violence, but this album is amazing. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think that emo rap gets a bad... Mm-hmm. reputation uh i think that like a lot of times it's like no oh, so now we have to do we have to listen to morrissey do hip-hop you know like it's gonna be slow and boring <laughs> but i love how he still figures out a way to make albums pop even though he's clearly going through many 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 things mm-hmm. also like it, it's this album is kind of like a complicated movie in that i think you have to like listen to it a few times before you understand 
what's going on in it. Like, you, you know, who, where he is in it, who Tyler Boulderdare is like, it, it's complicated and kind of challenging in a lot of ways. McKenna Miller, did you listen to Tyler? I did listen to, <laughs> I, that was so delayed. Sorry. I was like, who is he talking to? Um, I like my new name though. I did listen to Tyler. I do think that this is the best or my favorite album that he's um, released and it, it is brilliant but i was lost like greg i felt real dumb <laughs> listening to it for a while hey, I, I think it's cool you could be lost on a rap album you know yeah. like i don't know how many times i could say that uh okay let's get to it cassie tyler or churches i want to vote churches is so fun but it's it's hard to take down tyler in this run that he's on so i'm gonna vote for tyler caitlin I'm a big dummy, um, so I, I like <laughs> and I like the good ooms ooms. So I'm going to go with churches, <laughs> churches, please. Th- that's actually going to go on the next release of the album. The little sticker, <laughs> Caitlin, the natural. I like the ooms ooms. I'm a big dummy. Screen <laughs> quotes, Caitlin McDougal. <laughs> McKenna. Oh, it's Tyler. Mike. Tyler. Greg. It's so fun having a Tyler, like having a whole bunch of Tyler the Creator albums that you can tell people to listen to and not feel weird. Like, oh man, I don't know if I want to expose somebody to this goblin rap. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to stick with Churches because this is this is like my second favorite album of the year. I think. Yeah, I think that when we all when we lose a bunch of these albums and we have fewer to focus on, Tyler has what it takes to run the gauntlet. Your number seven seed is Collapsed in Sunbeams by Arlo Parks, who is, I believe, a female singer-songwriter. She's going up against your number 10 seed, Turnstile, which is punk rock. I got one album on mm-hmm. this bracket of my shit, and it's Turnstile. That's what I'm dealing with this year. <laughs> did you like it, Ryan? Did you like Turnstile? I did. I did a lot. Yeah. Because uh, you were like the first person I thought of when I heard the first chord on the album. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like Ryan. That's a Ryan chord. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it's not what critics are into you know so i feel like every year we get one representative and this definitely holds up uh arlo parks however was i do you guys ever remember what you were doing while you were listening you know like arlo parks i was cleaning the garage and it was perfect because she was just like it was this like nostalgia it was a sunny day or it was like but it was a little cold and she warmed me up i love this album too yeah, it's one of the most poetic lyrically albums we yeah. have on the list, and sometimes you can use that in saying it's convoluted and dumb and hard to parse through. But I think I think she's it's she's a phenomenal lyricist. Yes, yeah, like so much of this music is is even if it's nice and powerful, it is like abrasive in a lot of ways. Like an album, a, a band like Low trying to like you know mm-hmm. push you and challenge you. This is just like a kind of comforts and and holds you, and it just it's like a feel good <laughs> album, but not in a way that is is like simple condescending yeah or yeah or even mainstream it just yeah she, she does the work you know it's it's not a feel-good album because there's a lack of edge it's also, a I don't album know, because she does the work i don't know if she's one of these artists who's been around forever and i've just now heard of her but it has a new sound to it and i like that about it too like the like a genuineness that that is um not like ironic which is weird because that's what we have to have like feelings are hard and we yeah. want you to have that edge all right greg where are we going uh arlo parks or turnstile i was bored by turnstile i have to say it didn't it didn't give me anything new whereas arlo parks i felt like wow this is like a an, an evolution in sound damn mike 
Yeah, I agree with Greg. Turnstile should be directly up my butthole. And I just <laughs> had no idea why this album came out and why it matters. Arlo Parks. Yikes. McKenna? I'm going to go with Arlo Parks. Caitlin. Oh. And Cassie. Yeah. Turnstile for no reason. Yes, but it's Turnstile for no reason. <laughs> Cassie and I are going to film us uh, moshing to Turnstile and then replace it with Arlo Parks and see what the video looks like. <laughs> but Arlo Parks moves on. And now I think that we have the battle of today as far as yeah. albums go. Your number three seed is Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. Caitlin, who is Olivia Rodrigo? Oh, my God. So, you guys, I've been talking about this thing <laughs> called High School Musical, the musical series, right? <laughs> yes. Olivia Rodrigo is one of the main characters from there, and she sings on there beautifully. And now this is her um, solo album, I think, debut. And it is an amazing, um, I would say, Paramore-esque album where she just screams about her feelings and is able to articulate her feelings so well and scream about it and i feel it and if anyone else were to try to sing this like let's say in karaoke it doesn't work out like olivia rodrigo because she has a crazy cadence that she does in this that and i love her when you when you say paramore-esque they went to court and a judge said you copied paramore so (laughs) (laughs) that's about as esque as you can get yeah 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 yeah. Uh, did she go with a bre- through a breakup in the last couple of years? It was hard to yes, tell. Yes, she <laughs> did. Okay, so again, let's go back to High School Musical, the musical series, because <laughs> she was dating her co-star, the Troy to her Gabriella. Um, and yes, they did break up in between season one and two. Um, a spoiler, oh. season two was about the breakup as well. They broke up in the what? show and in real life so that they didn't have to share screen time together. Um, and yeah, this is basically all a breakup album about about that show so watch what fucking watch high school musical musical <laughs> series it'll paint you such a more beautiful picture of this album i'm just uh, saying a- absolutely not uh, uh, the good news is that um i would say 2021 was the year of olivia rodrigo like she sort of owned the year oh, but yeah. that dude you just said never fucking heard of him oh, so he has that guy one, can kick rocks he has one song that is quote-unquote his big song and it sucks ass so it's called lie 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 i think it's real bad. He sounds like a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. This album, I know we've said this before on the show, but like the one thing that bothers me about the sort of like the conversation about this album is music sounds like the music that came before. Like it, sometimes your songs sound like the songs of the last generation. And that's the way it's been for so long. And it's weird to ha- like have a, an artist come out and have songs that are obvious references to songs that existed previously. And then have those people like, taken to court well, I, Greg, I she's a, a 17 year old girl so maybe <laughs> think about that that's why fuck her they were like because the, the, there was another song too that they were like this elvis costello like elvis costello yeah. man fuck off she's fucking 17 like <laughs> just let and her have her album i think this is one of the most cohesive albums we have on the list of like it is as ryan pointed out it is about this one solid breakout and it heads i think the, the way the 17 year old hits all the the points of it of like sometimes i'm very sad and i miss you sometimes i want you to fucking die sometimes i'm mocking the fact that you lifted my personality stole it or just applying it to the new girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) uh like she did with paramore yes (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much uh mckenna this is going up against or let's go to cassie rather sorry cassie this is going up against lil nas x dude how what kind of year did lil nas x have my king can do nothing wrong. My little <laughs> my little gay king can do nothing wrong at all. And it's a beautiful album. He's a beautiful soul. And I know 
uh, sour bangs, but Montero bangs bangs. I don't know if you saw him <laughs> strip from heaven to hell, but this song, this album bangs. <laughs> it's so good. It has bangers. It hits the feels in between. It has everything. It's perfect in every way. Like my little boy, Lil Nas X. Is, is this the year that he also had like blood and sneakers yes. and grinded yep. on the devil? Yep. So like, I love, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, firing up that million mom march. Yeah. Lil Nas X was at least had some responsibility in making this year feel like it was six years. Yeah. Like <laughs> he he did a lot of stuff. I just have to point out he was grinding on the devil as a way to get the devil to drop his guard mm-hmm. so that he could kill the devil. Yeah. Like that's the, the most power? holy thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why they don't see this. He is a true hero. But then he becomes the devil. It, the, the the great thing about Lil Nas X is he is so good at constantly like stoking everybody's yeah. like excitement, and then it came time to deliver an album, and it was not like it didn't change music, but it did. He did deliver. Like it came it time good. to to yeah to put out the album, and it's good. It's it, it's like you don't have to change music every single time you release a track. To That's be hard to do. Artist. I think <laughs> I yeah. was a I was a little bit like Greg. Your reaction to Adele. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little plain, a little like, let's get this out. Uh, let's capitalize on the popularity more than like, this is a complete work of art. I'd say I was whelmed. That one's good, but I think the videos elevate the songs here. Yeah. It's a fun, good album, but I don't think it's like in this, except for this one example, I don't think it's in the same conversation as Sour. Also, I didn't understand it because I didn't uh, hear the first uh, I X so Lil Nas Nine yeah yeah Greg yeah <laughs> it sounded like you didn't even want to say that yeah. one actually obligated Greg why don't you uh, keep me from talking by voting for either Olivia Rodrigo or Lil Nas X yeah loved loved Montero fun album um, he still got it but Sour like feels like 2021 which is now a year which is in our past Whoa. oddly enough Mike. Uh, this is why albums exist. This album is. I'm surprised it's so low on the list and it's number three seated. Olivia Rodrigo Sour gets my vote. Damn, McKenna. Yeah, I have to go with the 17 year old who can express her emotions better than I can. It's sour. <laughs> Kaylin. Oh my god, uh, I didn't know this is how it was gonna go. Um, I, Are you crying right now? No, we're crying. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying because I love Olivia Rodrigo, but I was honestly, I'm still planning on voting for Little Nas X. I love Montero. Ooh. Does not matter. Cassie? <laughs> <laughs> Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. I would have voted for Olivia Rodrigo, of course, and she moves on. Our final battle, guys, of the album bracket is your number six seed Japanese Breakfast with uh, her or their album Jubilee. This is another, I think, female song- singer-songwriter in the shape of a band. Um, <laughs> versus the number 11 seed Mac Miller's mixtape from a while ago. It's uh, called Faces, okay? It's called Faces? <laughs> yes. Okay. Not a, not a terrible year for hip-hop artists releasing albums from beyond. From beyond. If you are a popular enough music act, then for like 10 years after you die, they're oh, yeah. just unearthing new music and putting out albums on your behalf. Yeah, if you die young, your last album is your fourth to last album. I mean, because uh, the guy I'm thinking of is Juice World had another album come out this year, and it's like they're all the same, like, I'm probably going to die any second songs that make me feel very conflicted when I listen to them. Um, 
So I guess that's just like a thing yeah. that happens in music now. This one, it's all the same. It's the same ones. The f- opening line to this album is "I should have died a long time ago." It hits so uh, fucking hard. Guess what, kiddo? You did. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese breakfast is a achievement nice sound. unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese breakfast is a nice sound. An album that I wanted to be slightly more into than I was. I kept feeling like this is fun. This is I should be more into this. I think maybe I just didn't get enough of a chance to listen to it yet. See, and that's this why one- I'm excited. It's potentially going to move on (laughs) 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 to give myself another opportunity to do that this one for me uh this one actually pushed past that level greg for me like um you know you you have all these albums and they do start to sound the same so you're looking for what what is going to separate you and i thought that her like instrumentation her choices in how she's going to separate each song from the other was (laughs) all that i needed to make this one of my favorites and for for 2021 to to write a album that's entirely about joy is feels like a bold brave move and an awesome pairing if you're like this kind of nerd she also came out with a memoir called crying in h mart this year and that's all about grief which is why this album's all about joy pair those guys and get the full emotional year she also uh, did the soundtrack for a video game called sable and the soundtrack is amazing and it's it's very much like a soundtrack and she does a good job with that she this also is, wrote an opera called Tears. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, a big year quintuple for threat. <laughs> this is one of those artists where I thought she, this was her second album and she's been around since 2013. Yeah. She's going to EGOT in just this year. <laughs> <laughs> o for opera? O for opera. O for opera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have Japanese Breakfast, a quality musician versus... Macklemore Miller is his first name. Macklemore. <laughs> Macklemore Miller is really great, and it's because the reason I got into it is because Cassie. Like I listened to a fucking podcast that she told me about. Like because I was like, well, she loves it so much. Cassie knows more about Mac Miller than I know about any band ever. So I was like, I guess I should listen to it a little. I just don't 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 put him so much down. He's already six feet down. Oh. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Everybody this gets is, their one. This is why I bring him all the time. Any chance I get, so you guys can dunk on him. This is an honor. of the fact that he's dead. <laughs> now, a good musician would be alive. Uh, Wait, I was defending him. I started my shield. Just keep digging that hole, Mike. Cassie, uh, you're up first. Is it Mac Miller or Japanese Breakfast? It's Mac Miller. What? <laughs> uh, Caitlin? <laughs> it's Japanese breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna? Uh, contrary to what I said earlier, I actually really do like Mac Miller, so I'm going to get back at Cassie's good graces. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Though. I'm going to make the target on my back bigger. It's Japanese breakfast. <laughs> Greg? Yeah, of all the albums that I'm excited to like pay more attention to on our next listens, it's Japanese breakfast. That's the one that I'm most excited, I think. It was a close one, but Japanese breakfast. Whew, thank goodness. <laughs> top eight. So that is the battle for the show that will take place on February 10th. Your final eight artists that we will discuss on that night are Little Sims, Sleigh Bells, Taylor Swift, Lowe, Tyler, the creator, Arlo Parks, Olivia Rodrigo, and Japanese breakfast. When we come back, let's talk about movies. Well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email 
contacts at your pop filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. It's movie time, and I get to continue to talk. A wacky year for movies, I would say, mostly because of HBO Max saying, hey, you know what? Let's just put theatrical releases in homes. I don't know if you guys took advantage of that. Did you guys watch a lot of Mortal Kombat and Matrix at home? I unfortunately did watch Mortal Kombat at home, Ryan. <laughs> I saw the I saw Monkey Fight Lizard. Yeah. That was a good I one. I saw Monkey Fight Lizard. I saw so Matrix then. at home. So I got to be uh completely underwhelmed in the privacy of my <laughs> own home. Yeah, the home box office has been amazing. It's and nice literal. not to have to risk your life to go see a movie. Finally living up to its name. Did any of the stuff that uh, I know that we all have our, you know, typical amount of movies that we see, whether it's a lot or a little, but did the world, uh, you know, change that, make it a lot lower than it usually is? Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> so we have 16 movies in the bracket, but, uh, and including my pick, which is already in there, it's already locked in, but you guys have an opportunity to pitch me movies that you think should be on the bracket, and I might put it on there. I might what? not. I might change the rules on this. <laughs> I didn't change the rules. Taylor's not here, so we had to change the rules for that. Okay, so Greg, what is the movie that you cannot believe is on the bracket? That I can't believe is on the bracket. Nope. I cannot believe is not on the bracket. Sorry, is not on the bracket. <laughs> okay. I can't believe that the movie Pig isn't on the bracket because I feel like <laughs> there was a while where all anybody talked about was the movie Pig. Nicolas Cage has a truffle hunting pig and I think he gets like John Wicked or something and he has to then go <laughs> and avenge it or save it or something. Um, and I'm just, I felt like there was like a two week period where people were like, no, like for real. It sounds like I'm I'm making fun of this, but it's a good movie and you should go watch it. And I, I, I think that we could have fun talking about it. I agree so much. I cannot believe this movie made it or didn't make it rather. Uh, so God damn Pig, it, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know words. Uh, Pig might make it on. Mike, what didn't make the bracket? Uh, I can't believe the last duel didn't make the bracket. Talk about movies that made people talk about movies. I feel like it's pretty... They're, they're not that common. Pig did it for a while. Uh, Marvel movies always do it for a bit, and then there's the backlash. But the anytime half the country and by countryman Twitter says this <laughs> movie was amazing, and half says this movie was dog shit and problematic, and here's why. I'm so fascinated in that, in the stirring the pot, and having fucking Ridley Scott, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Nicole Holoff Center. Is that the mm-hmm. the third writer having their I mean, version you of said Rashomon? It in a weird way, but it is her name. <laughs> Maybe I said it the right way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Having their version of Rashomon and the, all all the the, the bananasness of this movie, it should be on this list. There's one thing it I want to say though. Jodie Comer signed up for the next Ridley Scott movie on the spot, and I was like, "Oh shit!" That means that it was a good working environment. And she has said since quit. She was like, wow. "No, I'm not doing wow. that shit." So that makes me nervous. But last duel, a contender for the bracket, McKenna. Uh, I cannot believe that I feel like this was hyped up and talked a lot and I feel like the performance by Andrew Garfield makes it a really great uh, movie and that's Tick, Tick, Boom. Tell me what that is. That is a musical movie about the, it's kind of like a um, story of Jonathan Larson, the um, writer and creator of Rent. He created Rent? Fuck landlords. (laughs) 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 He's waiting for that. No, I, I asked Classic her to explain it just so I could say that. Yeah. Just so I, I 
Yeah. So that's Tick, Tick, Boom. It's great. Um, I feel like it was a bit of a redemption for Vanessa Hudgens after her really shitty 2020. So. And it got the world ready to see Andrew Garfield again. No no further comments. Uh, yeah, we won't do spoilers. <laughs> we won't do spoilers at all. But it, was this the year of Andrew Garfield? It was the year yeah. of Andrew Garfield. God damn it, yes, man. No spoilers. Everyone fell in love with him all over again. I think it was the end of the year was Andrew Garfield. No spoilers for a big franchise of movies. Andrew Garfield, no spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Excited about the franchise Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties? (laughs) Caitlin, what movie is not on the bracket? Um, Ryan, there is a movie that I've been talking about and petitioning all of my friends to watch uh, that I have just loved and I feel like just didn't get enough attention. So I think it belongs on this list. It's actually a Netflix movie. Um, no, it's not the Vanessa Hudgens movie where there's three Vanessa Hudgenses. No. Oh, shit. Um, Wait, that's the Fast and Furious version <laughs> of like a holiday movie? Um, it's it's the third. Uh, it's the third installation of the movie. So, of course, there has to be three. Vanessa Hudges is in the that movie. The Princess Switch 3, yes? Yes, yes. That's the one. But that's not what I'm putting on this bracket. Um, instead, I'm putting the movie Love Hard. Um, it's also a Christmas movie from Netflix. And it's a Christmas catfish movie. Um, I thought it was going to be dumb and stupid. And then I ended up really, really loving it and watching it multiple times. And um, people have looked at me weird because I love it so much. But I think it deserves more love. I think this movie would hit really hard for me and my family because every morning we would wake up and in our stockings would be the Christmas catfish. <laughs> <laughs> not every morning, just Christmas morning. Just every, Christmas. Yeah, every, Christmas, <laughs> every morning. Weird. It's not very Christmassy if it's every morning. This is Jimmy O. Yang, right? Uh, he's in Silicon Valley and oh, uh, like Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. And then um, Nina Dobrevig. Is that how you say your name? Dobrev. Dobrev. Dobrev? Dobrev, Dobrev, Dobrev. She's from The Vampire Diaries, I think. One of the vampire uh, movies. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> okay. But she's from one of those vampire movies and she's really pretty. Um, and it, it's just a really good heartwarming movie and I like uh, how it goes. What's the third one going to be called? <laughs> Love Harder. <laughs> Love nope, Hardest. That's, that's the second one. The third oh. one is Love Hard with a Vengeance. Cassie, <laughs> what do you have for us? Ryan, I can't believe on this list we do have an animated one, but you put the wrong one. There's Luca on here. It shouldn't be that. It should be Encanto. Because I can't Encanto- believe Mike and McKenna. Where were you with this? I <laughs> thought I was going to, but the last duel. But it, is it that Encanto came out like the last day of 2021? Hey, no, is that why I was forgotten? <laughs> no, no, I know. It, it, it was came amazing. On day. Yeah, it Christmas was- movie. It's the best animated movie I've seen in such a long time. Like it, the relatability of like having this pressure of like living up to your family and everything and not letting them down while you have special powers and the songs are good and it's yeah, colorful. What? What else do we need? It's so beautiful. Get Luca like, out of here. Uh, the it's color a gorgeous is film. insane. It's riotous color. Cassie walked Magical in as realism I was... straight from Columbia. Mm-hmm. She, Cassie walked in as I was crying, bawling, crying from this movie because it was just so good. <laughs> And it's got friend of the podcast, Johnny Legs. Yes. John Leguizamo, <laughs> Never forgot. Doing his best Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so thank you, McKenna, Mike, and Caitlin. But you guys can shut up. Pig and Encanto are going on this bracket. Woo! Hell yeah, dude. Johnny I just Legs. Ha- I just have to figure out where. Um, I'm not replacing Luca. What? That's fine. <laughs> Just because it's also a bomb ass movie. Luca. I'm not just really here and let anybody we be smart Luca in my presence. Need more, <laughs> you need more animated not, representation. Yeah, so and maybe less Marvel. This thing is fucking chock full of Marvel. By the way, this bracket was done half critics, half letterbox. So that's why certain movies appear. Um 
I am going to, but I don't want to replace Luca because I don't want one of these movies to beat the number one seed. So, <laughs> um, the worst person in the world, a wonderful movie, a rom com that I highly recommend. Um, that is now Pig. Yeah, and I'm going to kick off the Wes Anderson movie. Oh my gosh, that's unprecedented Breaking for this news. group. What? And I I watched it a couple days ago. I thought it was great, um, but it really has no chance here. Um, you have to like this is really just for the most egregious Wes Anderson fans. <laughs> uh, whereas Encanto seems to be like for fans of life, and so <laughs> that's yeah. in, and Wes is out. All right, let's begin the bracket. Your number one seed is The Power of the Dog, a movie that uh, my wife just watched. Um, I was doing something else, and she paused it every ten minutes so that we could talk about it. This is <laughs> this is. By far, not just the number one seed, obviously, but the contender for movie of the year. Greg? Yeah, capital F film um, about, you know, uh, touch and about letting people inside and um, about, you know, what that can unlock for us, but then also potentially the hazards that come with that. You feel like you are watching a legitimate film the entire time. You're like, oh, this is good. I can tell this is good. But at a certain point. It becomes a like roller coaster of a thriller yes. as well. So uh, I just I want to, which I, I almost hesitate to bring up. I know I don't in a way, but I want it to avails. win though. Yeah, <laughs> can, can can I ask a wait? Hey, yeah, can I can I uh, before we vote? Can I because right now I know that you should stop every ten minutes to talk about it, and it's a capital F film and y- about touch. What is this movie about, guys? It's Benedict Cumberbatch Benedict doing Cucumber. what? <laughs> he uh, is a a rancher. Uh, it's it's ranchers who have. Uh, May, been very successful and but they're they're getting you know to middle age and um deciding what you know how they're going to move forward and one of the two guys jesse plemons uh starts oh, a relationship and she just said that yeah he wants to be go. more like cityfied and benedict cumberbatch's character is like just wants to be out on the range and misses a life that's gone and misses this guy named bronco henry who's like his perfect version of a, of a cowboy played and by jason momoa <laughs> and he just I was, that is the duncan idahoist of names um and just you know about like uh, the hold that these two guys have on each other and whether or not they can let each other go and and start leading separate lives also if you wondered why mj didn't land in no way home she accidentally came over to montana in the 1800s or the early <laughs> 1900s and that's why she's in this movie um yeah i i watched all of this director's movies before this one came out um, she directed the piano and Portrait of a Lady, this among is Campion. and Campion, yeah. And I think that it's so important to like it's about the battle of the sexes, like all of her movies are. But typically, when you say that, it's the movie is saying there is a battle of the sexes. Period. Like that's as far as the movie will go. It exists, and that's it. And this movie is like, no, let's fucking deal with it. Let's let's punch it in the face. Let's wrestle around in the mud with it. Uh, that's what she is best at, and so. It's going up against your number 16 seed, Luca. Cassie, what is Luca? Luca is about a little Italian boy who turns out to be a mermaid. And um, no, he's a mermaid and he wants to be a little Italian boy who has a Vespa. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies. Italian boy. He's a little Italian mermaid. Nobody who is is not Italian wants to be Italian. Apologies. His goal is to have a Vespa, but you know the land doesn't like the mermaids, so it's dangerous for him. But he he gets a Vespa, you guys, and it's somewhat <laughs> touching. 
Damning with the faintest of praise. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's funny. uh, It's silly. It's it's definitely a good time. It's not. It's not quite the power of the dog, though. You're not gonna leave change. Like if you stop this movie every ten minutes, you can just say what's gonna happen in the next ten minutes. (laughs) It will never surprise you even one time. Also, it's beautiful. I would say watch the power of the dog with somebody because every time. They pause and ask, like, what was that? You just say, this is the power of the dog. You can answer that for every <laughs> question that they have. All right. Luca versus power of the dog, Cassie. I'm going to have to go with the power of the dog. Caitlin. Woof, woof. <laughs> McKenna. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that, though, but I'm going to go with the power of the dog. Michael. Yeah, power of the pup. Greg. Yeah, power of the dog. You get to the end of this movie and you're like, hell yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> and what else do we need? Your number eight seed is, I think, the most polarizing movie of the year. Uh, Don't Look Up started a thing on Twitter where people would say this wasn't that good. And then the filmmakers would come back at the people and say, uh, you don't understand how the environment works or good filmmaking. Maybe what if it was just a bad movie? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, how how long can you tell your art audience they were wrong about it before? <laughs> well, you just have to be like, well, maybe you guys got it. The people who say they love the environment, therefore it was good. They they they're on Adam McKay's side. Yeah, Cassie and Caitlin, you guys actually watched this. Uh, was it good? Was it funny? Uh, I thought it was more horrific than funny because it was just. Uh, I felt like it was something that could really happen. Um, also, I was really surprised they had a bunch of big actors, and then Timothy Chalamet came in and he was just a little country boy um so i thought that was a fun that was fun <laughs> everything else was not fun and i wanted to turn it off because it was just like oh i know what's gonna happen I, from the moment that you find out what's happening like what's going they on do, you kind of know what's gonna up. happen they they, they, they do look up mm-hmm. spoiler <laughs> we all i mean and that's the thing right we all know what's gonna happen the world's yeah. gonna end and we're watching it happen yeah yeah so that's but yeah it, it wasn't like i was hoping everybody kept saying how funny it was yeah. and honestly none of the jokes like i know it's satire but like none of the jokes hit even as satire like i was just sitting there watching a boring movie pretty much but <laughs> with a little bit of anxiety because i was like this yes. comment is getting too close <laughs> so why not why not just have like al smiling. gore make it then yeah <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like and i was I, I think it was cringing more than smiling during this movie Tangerine has won uh, Pop Filter Movie of the Year. The uh, Florida Project has won Pop Filter Movie of the Year. Sean Baker's third film is Red Rocket, which I made sure to get into this bracket because to go three for three like that would be pretty crazy. It tells the story of a guy named Simon Rex who returns to his Texas town, which would get the Taylor vote, uh, and (laughs) tries to... Get his life back together, but he's actually not the best of guys. He left a long time ago to film some movies that I'm not going to mention because I want Caitlin to vote for this for the type of movie that it is. Ryan, she already hated Don't Look Up. Don't worry about it. Movie. It's a slimy Um But and then th- that's sort of it, you know. Like that's that's where we are with the story. Is just what is it like to be with this guy who is not a good person and is trying, but is he? And but he's trying you, you know, like you we, you have to figure out and you have to figure out what the director feels about this person. And if you've ever seen a Sean Baker movie before, you definitely know what to expect. You're going to get a slice of life with a bunch of people who do not look like 
anybody in any other movie. You know, this is a small, very poor Texas town, and it's once again telling the story of the people on the fringes who do not get stories about them. Yeah, it's so interesting when you watch one of his movies and you're like, you just don't see people that look like this in movies nowadays. Like when we did Movie of the Year 1975, it was the same feeling. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I see people like this on the street, but never in a movie. Yeah, uh, the the lady who plays... <laughs> <laughs> that sucks for the woman I'm about to describe, Greg, so thank you for that. Uh, the lady who plays um, his mother-in-law is just not what you would think. <laughs> an, actress, an actress looks like... <laughs> But um, very realistic, you know, it's, 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 it's almost stylized in that it's not, you know, like you realize that Hollywood acting is stylized and these right. are just people like just giving performance that you've never seen before. But um, it's not uh, as depressing or like it's not like one of those movies where like we snuck a camera into like, you know, the worst part of the city. It's it's a it's a real story with real characters. And Florida Project and Tangerine are both like super life affirming at the end of yeah. the day. Like they're about gritty parts of life or whatever, but you come away from being like, people are okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has this knack for this thing and I, I will be there for every one of his movies. We have to go to a vote. It's Don't Look Up versus Red Rocket Greg. I, I haven't seen either one of these. I'm really excited about the idea of seeing Red Rocket and I like don't want to see Don't Look Up. I, I, I feel like I'm protesting up. if I just continue to watch Don't Watch, Don't Look Up. Yeah. <laughs> Mike? I like what Adam McKay has done as a director, but based on the previews, this looks like a David O. Russell movie. And if you know me, you know that means it looks like dog shit. Uh, and Ryan, I'm sorry, you legally can't see all of Sean Baker's movies because he's on my team. Oh, sure. yeah. I wanted to put that in. I love Sean Baker. Of course, I'm voting for Red Rocket. I didn't actually watch it, Mike, obviously. Good. Because otherwise, I'd be killed. McKenna? Uh, I simply just don't want to have to finish Don't Look Up because I've already fallen asleep <laughs> trying to watch it. So Red Rocket gets my vote. Caitlin? Oh, fuck Don't Look Up. D- Red Rocket. <laughs> and Cassie? In the suffering, nobody watch it. Don't. Uh, it's Red Rocket. Fuck yes, I'm in. Uh, Greg, let's talk about the number thirteen seat, The Green Knight. Uh, this was an amazing movie. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, um, they like they took this old poem and they fucking made it into a movie, and they like did not necessarily like movie-fy every part of it like it really it's as weird as this story is like as the the middle english poem is the movie embraces that weirdness every little bit and it's like fun it's interesting um and yeah it was like i don't do the 20 dollar at home like pay-per-view things but green knight was day one you know i put that together after you told me that you watched it and then i thought about it and i was like wait the only way that he could have seen it was with that one night only $20 ticket yep. thing. You paid yep. for this at home. I did, dude. I did. I paid to see something. <laughs> I don't even want to... I'm not even mentioning what it's up against yet. Uh, I just want to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, I want to give props to Dev Patel, who, yes. uh, much like in Red Rocket, plays someone who is on the surface, I guess, like a, you know just the most handsome, devishing, or, uh, ravishing lead. And then just such a piece of shit. And not like an evil, just like a fucking weak scumbag baby. And he doesn't pull back from that. You know, typically you yeah. would pull back from that if you're going to make a movie with uh, this high of a budget. This movie fucking ruled. It's up against your number four seed, Spider-Man No boom, Way boom, Home. Boom, boom, boom. Now, I haven't heard of that one. What's that about? 
I'm a bit of a film myself. <laughs> Did I I um, exposed myself to a lot of COVID to see Gross. this movie, and I don't regret it. It was this is the only movie I've seen in the theaters for two years, and every single part of it that um, you might think people would cheer at, people were going absolutely ape for. <laughs> And even though I was afraid I was actively breathing in the Omicron <laughs> variant, uh, I still managed to have fun. It What a delight. It It is so powerful and, and fun that it makes you uh, forgive and ignore or not even notice all the things that are stupid and wrong about it. Now, Mike, this is, this is movie of the year. So is it, or this is best of the year. Does it have what it takes to like override those flaws to get into the next round? I think so. Like th- th- there are, th- th- well, oh, of course, Caitlin would agree. <laughs> I agree with you, Mike. Continue, Caitlin. I don't know why that made me angry. Caitlin's <laughs> <laughs> gonna agree. Caitlin's freaking agreeable. Caitlin, you just switched Mike's vote to the Green Knight. Uh, <laughs> I feel like every time I vote for something, everyone's like, "Oh no, that thing's bad." When I talked about Taylor Swift, the moment I'd open my mouth, I was like, "Oh, I'm turning everyone against her right now." <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, that's been the case for like four years now. I can't believe this is now. That's why we still hate the California Raisins. <laughs> I used to love them. I used go to, to every show. Guys. Caitlin You're was so classy. Caitlin was Spider Man No Way Home a legit great movie. Oh my god, yes. I was screaming in the movie. Other people were screaming. If you can go to the movies and have people give such visceral reactions to such an incredible movie, um, I think it deserves to be a capital F film. Um, the screaming is what I rank films on. <laughs> I, I I think that's that, that's not wrong. Like if if you can get the whole theater cheering, like that's your a movie maker doing some shit there. They're that's hard to do. Theater pulling their masks aside and coughing <laughs> with joy <laughs> right into the atmosphere, drying drying their tears with their masks. Yes, I saw it all on myself. To um, not be disgusting, we would uh, everybody in my row. We would dry our tears with each other's masks. Like, no. don't do it on your own mask. You know, <laughs> intimate. <laughs> you wipe your face up against theirs. Cassie, did you watch this? Of course, I watched this. This was one where it was without a doubt. You, everybody was going to see it. We all. It's a Marvel one. It's Spider Man, and no spoilers. Maybe multiple Spider Man. Come on. How well, are we, we still not don't know going yet. to? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows what happens, but there's a moment in the very beginning that I screamed, and I did not expect because it was not in any trailers or anything. Um, but I think anyone who has watched it and knows what our dogs' names are would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Her dogs' names are Spider Man. I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I screamed is when the movie was over and Paul Giamatti's Rhino was not to be seen at all. My favorite character in all of the Spider Man movies. <laughs> We didn't hear him chortling at the end of the credits. Oh, that was him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do this. The Green Knight. A classic in all the senses. uh, The source material, the film itself. Cassie, it's against Mm Spider-Man. Yeah, it's against Spider-Man. I'm going to vote for (laughs) Spider-Man. Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. McKenna. Oh, it's (laughs) Spider-Man. Mike. Yeah, I think the Green Knight could have gone farther, but Buzzsaw, Spider-Man. Greg. I'm going to give a vote to the Green Knight because it really, like, As will it, I. it's a very, very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider-Man takes it down. If the discourse this year was not about how uh, Don't Look Up was good or bad, it was about how Licorice Pizza involved a romantic or a pseudo-romantic or something relationship between a 15-year-old and a 25-year-old. 
Uh, gentlemen, have you ever fell in love with your babysitter or tutor or anything like that? Yes. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Why is it controversial if, if if the young person just has a crush on the older person? Uh, because the zillennials, who are the youngest? Z. I don't know. These fucking. Ba- they, I felt this. This discourse made me turn into an old person. <laughs> Because it was the this fucking kids nice being like, she doesn't shut it down right away, so this is pedophilia, and I hate everything, and movies shouldn't say things like this. Fuck you, children. <laughs> I have uh, I have not seen this. I have tickets for a date night tonight, right after this recording, um, and I'm very excited. Uh, PTA movie is a very big deal in this household. I don't know about your yours guys'. Uh, it's going up against Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and if we just booted out The Green Knight for Spider-Man... I will hear no such fucking bullshit in this round. <laughs> Although I did Shang- like Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was delightful. Oh, what what yeah. a great new character. Simu Liu rocks. Uh, the, his sisters. Like, there's so many fun new characters. Having having the, the Washu and the martial arts. Two-thirds of the movie felt different than a normal Marvel movie because it looked good and there's choreography. <laughs> and then Those are all the good things. <laughs> the bus scene is like one of the best yes. Marvel mm-hmm. action scenes. Uh a little weird to have like your the best scene in your entire best action scene in your entire action movie be like so front loaded, but uh, definitely a lot like good fun for sure. Uh, Cassie, let's go to you about the dragons. Everybody mm-hmm. shat on the dragon third act. Did that work or was that bullshit? It was a little bullshit, but listen, dragons are cool and they looked cool. So and they were fighting. And what it, more do you need? You know what they are is big. They're yeah, big. I like big. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know people shat on the dragon. He's. Didn't seem to smell to me, but I really liked him. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. To, to, to end, to have like your movie grounded in human emotions more than a lot of the Marvel movies are, and then to throw that away so you could just slam your action figures against each other, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Some okay. people like the slamming. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that as, as big of a Spider-Man fan as I am, uh, Spider-Man and Shang-Chi are roughly the same sort of quality of movie right they're both really good really fun not super deep but that's okay movies and the reason that spider-man is so much more is because it's like not just the nostalgia but the the sticking of the landing of tying like Mm -hmm. setting up this promise of tying 25 years of shit together and then actually doing it in a satisfying way sort of moves it into this whole new level of great filmdom um and as much as i like shang chi it it, it it doesn't and never was going to have any of that. And yet still, like, uh, I remember whatever it was, like, five years ago when they're like, and then we're going to make the movie Shang-Chi. Shut like, up. No, you're not. <laughs> no one and cares. They did, they did that. And that in, in a way, like, bringing that property to the, to the big screen is almost as audacious as the Spider-Man thing. And it, like, it didn't feel like a reach. It felt like just a good movie, so. But Licorice Pizza is Paul Thomas Anderson, and yes. uh, everyone is loving it, and we'll see where Cassie wants to go now. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and vote. I have no... I'm a dum-dum. Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, fucking... Yeah, Shang-Chi! <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> As I'm dabbing. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint a lot of people, but it's Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys know you're, you're voting against the greatest living director right? we've done worse on this show mike <laughs> <laughs> and one of the haim sisters yeah i saw yeah, don't you I guys like haim? no actually i don't <laughs> mike oh my god mike mike and Greg uh, yeah. can really fuck this up <laughs> it's it's licorice I, I i i want people to know i did enjoy shang chi i thought it was 
one of the best Marvel movies that came out this year. And that's saying a lot because there's a fuck ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's Licorice Pizza, obviously. It's, uh, I don't know, the winner of the bracket someday. <laughs> Greg, literally all these girls care about is big, dumb action movies. But you know what? <laughs> the boys on this show want to see something boys, a boys, little more boys, close boys, to boys, home. Boys, boys. Licorice Pizza. Sorry, there's not enough abs in Licorice Pizza for you. <laughs> And there is liquor- a nipple on the freaking um, poster for it, though. Ayo. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot to say about the French Dispatch before I took it off? So much nudity. Yeah, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what I have heard. Wes Anderson nudity? That seems so it's weird. it's very weird. It's like in a, you open up a children's book and there's titties. Like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? <laughs> <laughs> a cupcake with a dong on it. <laughs> or like erotic cakes. Something that like there were stores for. Erotic cakes were so popular that there would be stores dedicated to erotic cakes. That's in the past. Now is the future. Let's talk about Dune. Greg, did this movie succeed for you? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, th- this was like my most anticipated movie of the year. This was the only movie that when it got delayed in the what I'm calling the troubles of 2020, it was the only one that were like really made me sad. Like, oh, I don't want to wait anymore for that. Uh, it delivered wait. on the promise of Dune. It's not the perfect adaptation, but it almost is. Uh, I'm so excited that they're going to make book two or whatever you know volume two of of the original uh and the story just gets completely out of hand from this point forward but i really liked it i i probably watched it four times before they took it off uh hbo max and just the music is incredible the visuals the whole vibe of it the sand now i i already know mike's opinion but but caitlin (laughs) what did you think of dune it was like four hours long um yeah. first of all. <laughs> so i i did have to split up into two separate days because i just i couldn't do it i couldn't watch that much of a movie which i mean i watched like lord of the rings and other movies that were that long and i was entertained for some reason with dune it lost me in the very beginning i feel like there was a lot of action at the end so like the second like act that i watched was more exciting but i don't know it was underwhelming for me i had heard so many great things about it and then i was like great sand look at that sand oh yes it's spice now mm yummy spice (laughs) oh there's a worm yeah i was underwhelmed mike is caitlin correct yeah uh i think visually i I love denis villanueva i think visually it was awesome to do what he did with contrast and like we complain about dark movies and dark screens but he's like here's how darkness can actually look good on film uh and the music did rip greg i loved it I didn't hate that everybody had to whisper all of their lines and my theater refused to put on subtitles. I hated that. Uh, And man, I love this shit. Again, this should be straight up my butthole. I love sci-fi, but I don't think you have to be quippy to be charismatic. And I've seen Chalamet be endearing and watchable before. And he just turned into a vacuum of charisma and watchability in this movie. It's such a uh, plot overloaded movie. And I do think that it handled the plot well because I've seen David Lynch's Dune. So I know... How it well, could be where was poorly. Sting in a bikini here? That sucks, man. Give me that. I want this weirdness. There was no weirdness. It's gonna in this be movie. in volume two. They left out the okay. character in volume one. But volume I can't. Three. I can't wait to watch it again so I can do my what you were able to do in your first one, which is watch Villeneuve's directing and framing, yes. and uh, like actually see what he was trying to do because I was so nervous going in about what's the uh, the. Bene, Bene Gazzara and the Benny Gesserit. What does that mean? And why are there worms? And why is it sand? And that Shai Halud. I really didn't focus on what Denis was doing. And so a second viewing would help that out. I think it's a better time in the movies if you just focus on him and not on the fucking plot. Plot. It's it's very confusing, but it's very pretty. Why would you? 
have to move them off the planet if you just want to kill them any it's stupid it's because a bad you need to create the political the political will it's to do it poorly done and i know that's probably from the book which means it's poorly done there that is no but i Canada- find it so upsetting that you don't like the plot to dune <laughs> <laughs> I find that so deeply upsetting. McKenna, this is going up against Pig, a uh, movie star Nicolas Cage, where his truffle hunting pig is taken away, and he has to go into the underground of the cooking world in order to find it. John Wick style, but I hesitate to say that because, man, does this have little to do with John Wick in style or tech afterwards. Are you excited to see this movie? I am. I've actually seen the trailer to this movie. I've read the um, description and it has been on my list for a while because it sounds delightful. Um, So, and you know what? I've seen the trailer and read the description for Dune. I have to say, Pig sounds much more interesting. So, (laughs) Pig, like it's, it's harrowing. Like it's a gut-wrenching look at like what friendship and life means. It's, it's, it's really hard to explain Pig to somebody without them laughing directly in your face, but (laughs) it's so much better than that. But is it about space feudalism, Ryan? It's not. And it's not like the biggest movie of the year. Like a lot of times we have to think about what's important. And if it wasn't for Spider-Man, Doom would be the most talked about biggest movie of the year. And I mean, this is a more tepid response for Doom than I have heard almost anywhere yeah. else, which isn't to say that it's incorrect, but just like to remind people that like people really did dig this movie quite a bit. And it like it controlled the conversation for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're the minority. Yeah. But we won't be silent. That's Cassie. Right. <laughs> Cassie, my little dune pig. Where are we going? Dune or pig? (laughs) Your description of pig before you said it was like actually deep and really good um, was the most amount of joy I've felt in a very long time. So I'm going to go pig. Caitlin? I remember like last year, wasn't there like a movie called Cow or The Cow that you guys like? First Cow. First First Cow. cow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We need a pig representation here. Bring the pig into the new. First cow to last pig. (laughs) McKenna? Uh, I'm going to go with pig. Okay. Shit. Mike? (laughs) <laughs> Greg uh, yeah Dune was was like the biggest movie of the year before Spider-Man came out um, it's also a good movie uh, big important director Dune Pig he enters and, and Greg didn't you suggest Pig yeah I did yeah <laughs> takes Dune down and the number two seat is out Woo, that's crazy well, I am excited to see Pig. What we have next is two auteurs uh, remaking or reimagining movies that uh, they fell in love with that inspired them. Uh, your number 10 seed <laughs> is The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Mike, did you see both Suicide Squads? I've seen both The Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad in theaters, Ryan. And I have to tell you, I don't think I've had two more disparate movie watching experiences. <laughs> I remember when... Uh, you and I watched it the weekend it came out. So I watched it at home. You watched it in theaters. And then Cassie came over to record Superhero. And we were like, it was good. And she was like, shut the fuck up. There's <laughs> yeah, no fucking way. This. You're I, lying. <laughs> I was so hurt by the first one. I still haven't watched this one. Every single person <sighs> has told me this is a good one. My trust is co- shattered by the it's, first it's one. <laughs> different people are involved in making it, Cassie. That has, it has to matter. Same name. I don't care. Cassie, they need to do a different name. No, there's, no, there's no the in the first one. <laughs> Also, Cassie, we have shown you a like rat-like creature that is me. He's delightful, and I want yeah. him to exist. Oh, oh me shit! In my mind. That is yeah, me. It's me. The weasel. That's me. The way the way he's like. That's me. <laughs> she did the arms. He makes all your same noises, Caitlin. That's crazy. He eats the like me. Squad. He is me. 
The Suicide Squad might have been like hands down the most fun I had watching any movie. Mm-hmm. You don't feel great about it all the time, <laughs> especially when it's like when the comedy just is terrible things happening to people. But like, I don't think beginning to end, I had more fun watching any movie than The Suicide Squad. Also, you realize you're laughing at Chinese robot John Cena. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry that I intimated that Taiwan was a country. Oh, my God. How could I do that? And no, my house looks like a hostage film. I didn't set this up just for this. It (laughs) already looks like it. I speak perfect Mandarin. Did anybody know that? (laughs) Uh, All right. Suicide Squad was pretty good, but it's going up against the number seven seed West Side Story. Steven Spielberg's reinterpretation of one of the greatest musicals of all time. That one won, I think, 10 Oscars. This one could win them as well. It's getting shit on because nobody saw it, but you guys didn't see it, and fuck you. You're scared of COVID? Fuck you. This is an amazing, amazing Steven Spielberg musical. I only only risk COVID for flights and tights, Ryan, clearly (laughs) from the movies I've seen. Uh, I love to keep it cool, boy. I love to keep it like a rocket in my pocket. I fucking love West Side Story. I'm very excited for when this hits a streaming service. I cannot believe all of the ways that this is a great movie. And then, in addition, all the ways that this is a better movie than the original. Whoa! This is an astonishing piece. I'm going to hazard a guess that in our Lord's Year 2021, that there's a lot less brown face in this one than in the original. There's a lot less brown face. Also, I did not watch this. Uh, Steven Spielberg is on Greg's director's team. But yeah, of course. uh, I sat outside the theater and my wife said Greg would have liked it. And that's all I need. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so like excited for Stevie Spiels. I know. Because it kind of felt like maybe all the glory had passed, but everything I'm hearing about this movie, by fans of, of musicals, and that's like the most important demo for this, obviously, are the the kind of raves that you just gave us, Ryan. And we all, it's it's what we wanted when we all ran back and saw In the Heights. We were like, mm-hmm. theaters are back! And it was it was good. It was, as Mike would say, whelming. But this is what we wanted. This movie I, is I it. In the Heights. It was, it was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, this is a uh, great movie versus a comic book movie, so I have no idea how this is going to go. But Greg, we're going to start with you. West Side Story versus Suicide Squad. I only have what you're saying to go by, Ryan, but um, I I take your opinion of musicals very seriously, so I'm going to say West Side Story. Thanks, bud. Mike? I want to live in America. West Side Story. McKenna? I am very excited to see West Side Story. However, I'm a dum-dum who likes to laugh, so Suicide Squad. Caitlin? Team Dom Dom and Suicide Squad. Cassie, come on, baby. Cassie. <laughs> Musicals are the good the good Ooh, weasel. What do I think do about here? Big It's Suicide Squad, Cassie. It's Cassie. Suicide Squad, Cassie. remember. <laughs> this one won't break You don't even want to watch that. No, because you know what? Fuck it. Suicide Squad is what I'm voting for. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> and that makes it three to three, but I'm the host, so West Side Story moves <laughs> on. Nice. <laughs> All right. Gotta love thumb in the scale. Does anybody know what the number three seed drive my car is? No, I don't. Sequel to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Greg, do you know what uh, Uncle Vanya is? Yeah, is it the the play? Yes. Do you know anything about it? No. That's like like the the periphery of my memory. I I feel like I studied it when I took the GRE. So, uh, this guy is uh, directing a play, Uncle Vanya. I think Chekhov's Uncle Vanya. Is that Chekhov? going through life and then trying to direct it in a new city. Um, but he has to have somebody drive him around. So he is driven around in his car by somebody else while he is directing this play. And then I think his life becomes Uncle Vanya. 
Uh, I Ooh. already know this movie's going to lose, so I'm not even fucking trying to explain it here. Uh, and whatever connections between the play and his real life, they start to intermingle. And this movie is three hours long. <laughs> you lost the selling point at the end there. And I watched it and I loved every fucking second of it. It oh, is a magical movie. But it's against Encanto, a literally magic movie. So <laughs> does anybody else want to fight for Drive My Car here? That sounded really dope. I mean, it sounded <laughs> I li- cool. I liked your description of it. Encanto was so fun, though. <laughs> and it's it's a Japanese film, yes, Ryan? It is a Japanese film, yes. Mike, thank you. Which means it's going to be cool and interesting and have a different vibe than even American indie films. Yes. Are you reading I'm all trying. this? I'm trying. I think I'm trying. What? <laughs> Look, I I sort of like sealed the fate when I put Encanto uh, against it. You know, Drive My Car is yeah. doing this thing where it's like destroying critics' list, but it's just not going to get any of the awards because it's a three-hour. I mean, it the crushed guy, it can. The guy sits in his car for most of the movie. <laughs> All right, let's go, Cassie. Encanto or Drive My Car? Sorry, Ryan. Encanto. Kaylin. Encanto. McKenna. Encanto. Mike. I, I love Encanto, but I wonder, like, can it sustain a full movie of the year episode? I'm going to vote for Drive My Car. Holy shit, Greg. Yeah, I think I'm more interested in Drive My Car than I am in Encanto. I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to go with Encanto, but honestly, everything you said about Drive My Car made it sound like the kind of movie we love to talk about. Because I'm the host, Drive My Car moves on to the next oh, round. Yeah. Animated. Out. <laughs> All right, and your final uh, battle for the film bracket is your number six seed, Black Widow, which nobody loved. It's it's one of the worst Marvel things that came out this year. Really? And I want to talk. Did you see about, Eternals? Did you see? Eternals? <laughs> I said one of. <laughs> I want to talk about number eleven, Summer of Soul, which is a uh, movie directed or a documentary, and we usually don't have documentaries on here, but it was directed by um, Drummer of the Roots. Quest, Quest Love. Love. Quest Love directed this thing that was going on at about the same time as Woodstock, but it was all black artists. And it was this concert and what it meant to the 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 city and the time and the people. <laughs> and listening to the people who were there at the show saying, we looked uh, like around us and we had never seen that many black people before in one place and like how moving that was. Uh, they show footage of the uh concert to the people who were at the concert like yeah uh we are the dawning of the age of the query the fifth dimension played uh-huh. there and they show them that and they're like i can't believe that like just watching them watch themselves was a crazy moment i think this is one of the best documentaries i've literally ever seen in my life um but it is a doc and i understand that that's crazy and it's going up against scarjo yeah but nobody really liked black i mean like I didn't hate it, but it was just, it's serviceable. Right. And it's now, not really exciting or, or very interesting, really. I'm like struggling to remember the plot. Like, <laughs> even now, like, it's just not. But no, think about the bad guy of Black Widow. He, he was this guy who did what? Tasks? He had like the serum or whatever. He was making. Yeah, he had the serum. He was making he had, the widows. He was making the widows, okay? The one good thing we could say about Black Widow is it was a woman superhero movie and they didn't hang their hat on it. They just let it be it was, a woman superhero movie. But the, woman, part, most, thank you. the most cockney Russian bad guy uh, <laughs> was harassing women to get them under his thumb. It was a. It was a female-led movie, but it's not ScarJo. It's Florence Pugh. That's why we yes. talk about this movie. Pugh, 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 Pugh. Is, yes. Pugh. And Pugh. she's great so in it. 
She's yeah. very good. I even liked the dynamic of like the Russian family that they had. That was fun. I yeah. I didn't yeah, hate I, it. I didn't hate it like I hated Internals, but I sure it wasn't like my favorite because I mean there was Spider Man and it's, you know Shang Chi. It's Marvel. It's Marvel. It's still mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. But okay. Summer of Soul is amazing, and is it like it? It also covers you know what America was like in the late sixties. What music was like. Apparently, I didn't know until watching this documentary, and nobody brings it up, but apparently, like, sombreros were really big <laughs> in, like, Harlem in 1969. Half the people like, are wearing fringe and sombreros. It's right now they're much smaller. Greg, but sombreros have always like... been very big. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you about my best friend. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it does freak me out to bring a doc in the next round. So we'll see what happens. I just noticed, Greg, that you saw Summer of Soul. I'm so, so glad. Like, yeah, it's 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 a movie that you can watch a million times because it serves as both movie and album. Like you can watch it and get into it and hear the stories of the people, and then put it on when you're cleaning. And yeah. just it's the best music from any documentary I've ever seen. And the thing that you talked about of where they show people footage from the concert, and they're like you know in their 60s and 70s now, and they watch themselves, and you don't really see the footage at the same time. You just see their faces. Yeah, and the way they light up when they when they see this old footage is really beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen that in a documentary before, but it's it's really nice. And you realize that nobody is turned on by anything other than or more than their younger selves. Every time people are like, <laughs> damn, look at me. <laughs> All right, Greg, Summer Soul or Black Widow? Summer Soul. Michael? SOS. McKenna? I'm very excited to watch this. It's Summer of Soul. Caitlin? Let's go woman. It's Black Widow. <laughs> Lots of women featured in Summer of Soul. Like, really? True, very true. <laughs> yeah. The main point. But Cassie? I wanted to see Summer of Soul, and I still want to, so Summer of Soul. <laughs> Summer of Soul moves on. <laughs> Which means that your final eight for the show that will take place... At some point in February, probably, are Power of the Dog, Red Rocket, Spider-Man No Way Home. We got a Spider-Man movie in there, guys. Uh, Licorice Pizza, Pig, West Side Story, Drive My Car, what the fuck, and Summer of Soul. An amazing list. We did a good job. We should probably just do a whole season. I think we kind of movie of the year this one. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, Greg is going to take the reins, and we're going to go through the TV comedies of the year. Thank you, Ryan. Greg here. But you know what? We have just already done too much show here. We've covered all the best albums and all the best movies. And so we are going to take a short break here, take a couple days off, cool down. And when we come back, we will attack TV comedies and TV dramas. So watch the feed for a bonus episode coming out in just a couple of days. <laughs> 